Hi, Tom Kingwell here from The Dad Syndicate again. I'm very excited to bring you another discussion with my friend Joshua Laycock. Today we talk about prioritizing and how if we have our priorities very clear and set out that we can avoid having a lot of frustrations and a lot of moments of conflict and losing our cool because we are clear about what we want to do. We know what's important and we know that raising our kids is one of our greatest callings, if not the greatest calling, as well as being a great husband and a supporter of the whole family. And that's what we're all about here at The Dad Syndicate, becoming better fathers, becoming better husbands and doing it together. And a lot of people say it's a journey. It is a journey and it's it's not so easy quite often. And I know for you guys out there, it's the same thing. And we're always looking for help. And that's what we're here for. We have to help each other. And we're here to hear from you. And I'm so excited about a couple of dads that are about to come on the show. And I'm really stoked about the dads that have come on the show. And I really want to say thanks to everybody that has done that and that has supported us and that is supporting us on this on this road. We're not perfect, but we're real. And I think that's what's special about the podcast, that it just comes straight from where we're at. We're not trying to hide anything. We're not trying to pr pretend that we are these amazing guys that have everything together. And my wife who's standing here next to me can attest to that really well. But I think that helps us to identify with one another and really to get the best out of this thing. And yeah, so I hope you enjoy the show. And it helps you be just that 1% better as a dad. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Dad Syndicate. I'm going to try to remember all the things that I need to do here. So first of all, I'd like to say a big thank you to notebook.de for sponsoring our show, being the first sponsor. Got a lovely Hawaii Matebook D40, if I'm correct, lying next to me here. Still got to configure it myself. I'm pretty useless with these things, so I'm going to get someone to configure that for me, but thank you for that. I'd also like to say that although the podcast is free, it's wonderful to see some more ratings and some more um, reviews on on iTunes and, and the more you guys do, the more we get some exposure and the more we can get this message out there and get better guests and these kind of things. Not that the guests that have been here have not been excellent um, themselves and that gives me the opportunity to say that whether it be someone that's well known or someone that's got millions of followers, I think that it's wonderful on the show that we get to speak to real dads and dads from all walks of life and that's what we're looking to do is to connect with various men in different walks of life and, and get their perspectives and their insights and see if we can learn from everyone. Added to that, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else except to follow us on Instagram and on Facebook and check out our website, which which Bert is in the process of upgrading. Looks great, Bert. Well done. And I'm thinking that's all at the moment. So let's get on. Without further ado, let's get on with this episode. And I'm back here with a good friend of mine, Joshua Laycock. Joshua, welcome. Stoked to be with you again on this Sunday afternoon. Thanks for getting on here with me. Absolutely, man. How are you? Well, I'm good, but I'm just, uh, I'm run off my feet at the moment. I don't want to say the B word, you know, the busy word, but um, <laughs> it's been pretty full on with teaching and trying to keep the podcast going and you name it with the four kids. And this weekend I went uh, down to Koblenz here in Germany with my wife, her mother and her mother's sister. And then the two kids, the twins are with their mother this weekend, but with, with Lila and James. And I have to say, I wasn't really looking forward to that much. <laughs> I was kind of like, really, I want to go, I've got shit to do. But um, it was actually rad because yesterday I really realized that it gave me time to think. So just walking up a little bit of a mountain to visit a castle, old German ruins of a castle, I just started thinking that I haven't had time to really just think and stuff. And in a way, hanging out with these people, although we conversed and had dinner and these kind of things, we I was able to just reflect on myself as a man and as a father and see that I'm probably over busy and over committing myself to many things and realize that I need to take stock of my life as a man and I need to yeah spend a little bit more time reflecting this weekend and, and cutting a few things out so it was actually excellent Josh and I think sometimes when we do these things that maybe we don't feel like doing sometimes it's good to get out there so that was one and I got to save a goat on the way down that mountain who had his head stuck in a fence so I've been saving all types of things this year and now it's uh, moved on to goat saving. So my uh, my wife's aunt calls me the Ziegenretter, which is the goat rescuer. So that was nice. pretty funny. That's yeah. You? No, man, you're right though. Slowing down's hard, <laughs> right? I mean, and, and that's, we, I think we've mentioned this and, and I talk to a lot of people about this because we know a lot of, a lot of folks that are really, really driven. Mm. 
And they're like, yeah, but I can't slow down. And I'm like, yeah, but how many other things in life, if you had said, yeah, but I can't, yeah, but I can't get fit. Yeah, but I can't get the job done. We give them hell. But for whatever reason, when people are like, yeah, but I can't slow down. They're like, oh, me either. It's like, no, <laughs> call bull on it. Like we need to slow down. We need time to mm-hmm. reflect, right? I mean, there's been studies that talk about your brain accomplishes some of its most remarkable things when it's sort of at rest, when it's almost bored, when, mm-hmm. when it doesn't have other things occupying its time. So it's great that you were able to gut through it and take some time for yourself and just relax and think and, and feed off the energy of the trip, man. That's great. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll come clean here that sometimes I've not been spending as much time with my kids, you know, the quality time or with my wife for that matter, because of all the things that I feel I have to do. And this weekend I also got to, you know, last night we had to, we had split hotel rooms because there were the only hotel rooms available. And I was with my son in the one hotel room, my little boy, James, and it was just wonderful to go to sleep with him in, in the double bed and then wake up with him this morning and just have that quality quality moments and yeah it opened my eyes to that and made me realize that i need to stop you know stop a little bit and you know my mind is i don't know I, i'm sure i'm similar to you in this way my mind is going like 24 7 just the moment i wake up to the moment i sleep and it's having i don't want to say negative effects because there's a lot of positive that comes from it but it's definitely making me feel run off my feet and and dissatisfied with life and I feel like I'm running after things to fill gaps and to make myself feel better or feel like I'm accomplished. Whereas when I actually take a step back, I feel good. You know, I feel good after this weekend. I feel I feel at peace more and I feel like I've accomplished things. And I was thinking about this on Friday that I've been doing things that feel good in the moment and that don't feel good in the long term. Um, and I think for us as dads to get perspective on what really brings that satisfaction is a very, a very important thing. Otherwise, we end up running after all these things and wake up when we're 60 and go, where did the time go? So I don't know if you had the well, same experience. What or what's yeah, I mean, on. that's to me, it's like, I think I feel like when I'm not happy or when I'm not satisfied with, with the day to day, it's because I'm living in service of the shoulds and not in service of my real priorities. You know, mm-hmm. like a good example, um, I've got some deliverables that I've got to get done and I'll get them done. And, and originally I was going to do, I was going to do a late night last night and plow through them. Mm-hmm. But my son really wanted to camp and cause we didn't get a chance to get out much this summer. And, uh, okay. So my wife's like, well, I don't camp in the backyard. So we did dinner out on the back patio. It was one of the, hopefully the last or not, hopefully the last night, but it was a nice <laughs> night in, of the summer. So we had dinner out in the patio. We did s'mores nice. in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the oven. And then we put up the tent and, and my son and I stayed in the tent all night and, and I should have been, you know, at the, at the computer working away, but I was able to look at my priorities and go, you know what, my priority right here is my son and my family and, and the other stuff will get done and mm-hmm. okay, fine. But I just, I had to put it forward and I feel really good about it. And yeah, I'm going to sit down later and go, oh, I should have done more work on this thing, but you know what, it is what it is. Um, and we talk a lot about priorities and mm-hmm. You know, you and I have said time and time again, our family is our priority. And that, that sometimes means putting some of the other shoulds on the back burner. And then then in the long run, making sure that we do a better job of managing the commitments that we make. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I totally get it. But I think, you know, the, the not feeling good about the day-to-day is an excellent bellwether of you're not acting probably in, in congruity with who you want to be in with the priorities that are really, really in line with what you want to be. Mm. I talked to it last week with uh, Isaac Tolp and the father rate about these priorities and having them very clearly set out and how we sometimes rushing through the bedtimes and the bedtime stories and rushing through those moments where we should actually be enjoying them and appreciating them and storing them, you know, in the memory bank. Instead, we're rushing through them to get on to the next thing that we need to do, or like you say, the shoulds or, or even or banal things like watching Netflix or, you know, getting that time where I can just relax and you know, yes, it's good time to relax, like we've been speaking about. But I think when it comes to your kids, to rush through those moments for anything is is probably the wrong thing to do, and and leaves you dissatisfied. Whereas, on the other side, when you actually take that moment to just breathe and take a deep breath and realize these moments are passing by. I mean, my little daughter downstairs just has just learned to sit up, you know, and she just moved her first like <laughs> one inch forward, so she's starting to crawl, and and those moments just come and go, and. She's made me reflect a lot. She's made me think a lot about my life and how I've approached my other kids and sometimes not taken those moments in and appreciated them. But I think we can start off on our topic of today with those priorities because I was actually asking myself after you and I discussed that we'd probably do this this um, topic. 
I was thinking that sometimes the way that we prioritize can lead to what you were talking about, which is, you know, lead to that, those, those impatient moments or losing it with our kids and, and not help us to remain calm because we lose focus of the priority or of the goal. And in fact, when you do put raising kids and time with your children and your wife as a high priority, then I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel that then you're not rushing through them or it can stop you from rushing through those moments and putting other things above them because you're very clear. My priority are my kids and my relationship with my wife. And although I take my business and my career seriously or maybe my side projects and that I need to hustle, you always have that in mind. And that then decreases frustration in moments because like you said, and you can tell the story of why or, or the inspirational moment that made you think of this topic, but like those moments when I'm, oh, you know, can she just go to sleep now? Or oh, do I have to read a book now? When you keep that mind in, when you keep those priorities in mind and that this is so important to you and that you actually can see the future, like kind of like this is going to mean more, then you can actually remain calm and you have less frustrations and less impatience because that becomes the priority instead of, oh, I want to go watch Netflix or I want to go and work on this. I don't know if you agree with that. And maybe you can also relate the story as to why we wanted to talk about remaining calm in the face of, of stress with our kids or so forth. <laughs> sure. I mean, the first thing I was going to mention is I think you're totally right about being aware of the priorities, but I, I would almost say that when you have, when you, when you quickly inventory all of the things that need to get done, man, we all have lots of things that we have to do or that we've committed to doing or that we want to do. Um, and we decide, okay, which of these 20 things do I have to get done? Which one goes first? Or then we start doing the math on, okay, what are the things that doesn't get done because mm. I'm, you know, you know, honoring my priorities. I think that's a good first step, but I think, and look, we're all guilty of this, but is when when we're really, really in tune with their priorities, you, I think we'll find ourselves not having to find out, okay, which of these things is now not going to get done because really being in tune with your priorities all the time, not just in reaction to a lot of mm. things that need to get done, reaction to a huge to-do list, is you're going to stop taking on a lot of those things. Right? You're, not, you're not going to commit to having done all of these things or doing all these things because in the moment when it matters, at the decision point, you're honoring your priorities. So I'm the worst at saying, I'll do this and this and this, and I've just launched a new project and I'm doing this and I'm going to take on all these mm -hmm. other things. And ironically, the project that I'm working on is about doing more things. Um, <laughs> you know, But that's where we really do have to be aware of our priorities at the beginning, not necessarily at the end or only at the end. Mm. So in time, when you get up, you get an opportunity to do something or you get an opportunity to start a new business or to maybe even, Hey, take on a massive project at work. Cause it might lead to a raise or something like this. That's when we should be going, okay, what are my priorities? Mm. Is this something that I want to take on because, and you know, yeah. I had to, I don't even think that you know this yet, but I actually had to step back from CrossFit for a while um, because for a variety of reasons, it was too asynchronous with my priorities. And I just had to say, look, I'm, I'm just going to have to stop this for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and that was hard for me because I really enjoyed it, but it just didn't, it didn't fit my priorities and didn't fit my objectives, unfortunately. Um, so anyway, those are, those are the, the priorities at the, at the, the, the point of decision, the point of sale, mm -hmm. <laughs> as you were. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. So mm, I did that myself this year, but, though, actually, because I um, was um, there were opportunities at work, and I always per perceived myself as a potential leader, you know, a potential like, leader and stepping a little bit away from teaching and be more of a leadership. But that takes more responsibility, but then also takes a lot more time and effort and maybe just for a little bit of money to get my foot in the door to then take the next step to eventually, you know, the pinnacle of what you can achieve as a guy in the teaching teaching uh, arena but then I was the same I was just like well this doesn't make sense for me with my kids this is my priorities my children and so in that case I did I did make the right choice but I agree with you that when you do that initially then it sets you up on a much more self-aware path and a much more intentional path because then everything that flows from making that initial priority um, then feeds into obviously what you want to achieve in life or the things that you find valuable. How did you find your employer responded when you, I guess essentially what you're almost, sounds like you're almost talking about is putting up some boundaries at work about things that you're prepared to do and not do. Mm. How, how was that received? 
I didn't really. I mean, because of the last while, I kind of it was kind of a process. It wasn't really sudden, you know. I, I kind of slacked off a bit, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? In my teaching career, I kind of slacked off a little bit last year. I kind of like realized what my priorities were, and I'd been teaching for a long time, and I kind of slacked off. That almost didn't disqualify me for the job, but didn't make me the likely candidate for the job anymore. Because slowly but surely, as I realized that I didn't want to do this, I kind of, I mean, whether it's good or bad, I, I stopped performing. To, to get there because I think in any career you when you have your goal set on like okay I want to be the leader then you'll step up your game in that arena so I was a coordinator of literacy um, and when I wanted to be the overall coordinator then I was stepping up my role in that literacy coordinator when once then I didn't want to be that anymore then I started relaxing in that and realizing this is not what I want and then it kind of just fed in naturally to other people being better candidates I would say but when it did come around for the interviews I didn't even didn't even try I just basically you stop left hiding it. the fact that you can't read. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Then people realize, okay, okay, okay. Maybe he's not fit for the job. No, but seriously, like I just realized that that's not my thing. And I think I think it starts happening naturally for you because, like I say, you can be intentional about your priorities. But sometimes it just starts happening naturally as well, where you just start seeing that your priority is no longer that thing. Now this year I've stepped into a different role in teaching the fifth grade, and I really wanted to do that, and I really wanted to make a great a great go of it this year. So I'm really, I'm really intentional and really doing a great job, which then if I carry on in the same vein as I've been going, then it will put me in line for those same jobs in the future. However, you know, it, there's this weird feeling among people that you always have to climb the ladder. Whereas when you're a teacher, it's actually, it's actually quite easy to see sometimes, no, I'm a teacher. I belong in the classroom. I don't need to be admin. I don't need to climb this ladder. This is where it's at. This is where I'm making a difference in children's lives. And then what followed from that is the dad syndicate, which is why I started this as well uh, um, in conjunction with the divorce dads things was, okay, well, don't I want to get to the root of the problem of children that aren't performing at school or aren't happy or are experiencing emotional problems, which is their home life very often. And I thought, well, what better way to do that to start reaching out to dads and, and try to help them to step up and get their priorities straight, just like we're talking about ourselves, you know? Yeah. Well, the, the reason I asked, because you hit it right on, is so I've spoken to some people because I have established some boundaries um, mm -hmm. at my work that have as well um, slowed, I would say, my upward progression, but it's been very deliberate. Um, you know, I kind of rocketed up the chain earlier in my career and then I've slowed down and it's funny because i talked to people about that and i think i may even mention it on a previous um interview where i'd mentioned i was at a, i was working for a, a not-for-profit within my industry and i spoke to a friend of mine who's done very very well for himself and i made reference to the fact that i have breakfast and dinner with my family every night and he's like oh man you're so lucky and mm, i and I, yeah. I couldn't let it go and i was like dude respectfully luck has nothing to do with it it was a choice that i made <laughs> and i think Myself included, I think we're, we we pay priorities a lot of lip service, but mm -hmm. we don't always actually prioritize. Like you know, so a good example. So I was I was speaking with some some people about that, and I said, yeah, you know, like I've stopped putting my my hat in the ring for certain projects because it would mean that I'd have to stay later, uh, uh, you know, disproportionate amount of the time, and that would take away from the things that I've identified as being really valuable to me, like dinner. I mean, and there's so many studies that say. Kids are so much more well adjusted when their parents are home for dinner. Like, and there was a weird study. It was like I think it was like five out of the seven days, and there was mm. actually a difference between four to the seven. And anyway, it's important. And I was talking to this person about you know you can establish boundaries. There's things where you know after a certain point uh, at night my phone is off. Um, there's a day of the week where I leave early to take my son to jujitsu, and yeah, I could probably have someone else take him, but that's important to me to be there for him on that journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking to these people and say, yeah, yeah, but then I might not get a promotion. Yeah, you might not. <laughs> this is not a cake and eat it too kind of situation. That's what priorities is all about. I absolutely know that I've been passed over for raises or promotions or, or new opportunities because of the decisions that I've made. And you have to be okay with that or mm. it's not really a priority. Mm. You're paying lip service to things. So anyway, that was why I asked mm. because it's hard to say the things like, Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Look, you work for an employer, they pay you. Sometimes you just got to go, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And you got to get it done, right? I'm not I'm not saying stop doing your day job and stop doing the work that you're expected to do. But we all know there are opportunities, like you said, to go above and beyond. And I've just, I've stepped back from some of the other organizations hmm. that I, that I've dealt with in the evenings and, and because it was not in line with my priorities. So anyway, it was, it's the difference between actually having priorities, capital P, Mm -hmm. and paying lip service to priorities. Yeah. Um, 
you know, all these guys that say <clears throat> their family is their priorities, yet they're working 90 hours a week. It's like, look, I'm not ripping on you, but you have to be honest. <laughs> it's the same like people who say, I want to get fit, but I also want to watch Game of Thrones or whatever, you know, four hours a night. Mm. Well, then it's not really that important to you. And you have to maybe be okay with that. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people I work with or people that don't have kids and stuff, I, I suppose it's, it's kind of like they think, well, it doesn't matter if you've got kids, you should be performing on the same level. But at the same time, I just, I wasn't performing as, as well as some of my colleagues in at my job. And I'm not saying I wasn't performing as a teacher in the classroom, but some of the other extra stuff, like you said, I, I just didn't do them because I was, you know, when, when it was weekends, um, I've got four kids and, and that's my priority, you know, and, and when it was afternoons after I went home, then I would switch off and I'd be dad and I wouldn't do a lot of work at home. And then when the kids would go to bed, I would prioritize spending time with my my wife. And yes, I'm not showing as much commitment. And yes, you could maybe even look at it and go like, oh, this is this guy's not doing his job. But I, I just thought to myself, you know, as long as I'm doing my job, as long as the parents of the kids in my class are happy and the kids in my class are happy and, and I feel like I'm I'm doing enough, then I'm fine with that. And I don't have to be measured by other people. And I think a lot of the things we do in life and the priorities we have get so twisted because we're thinking about what will they think about me. And so we go and work like, you know, ungodly hours and do ungodly things. Yeah, ungodly things sounds a bit strange, but, you know, go, uh, like you said, above above and beyond because of what other people will think. And it's so worthless because when I look yeah. at my family, it's like, what does my family think? What do my kids think? What am I thinking about myself? And for me, my family and, and living a life that I thought was a balanced life was a priority for me. If that meant that I was mountain biking at six in the morning instead of marking work, then then so be it because my kids see me working and when I start when they started coming to my school I thought well I need to work hard enough that they don't see me as a slacker <laughs> but also that I do take time with them and getting fit and healthy and doing activities and these things as important as well so it's it's a tough thing man I mean we're a little bit off topic here I suppose we've kind of gone on to priorities but the point I was trying to make is that when a dad like yourself and I have the priority of our children being a vital part of our life and that that actually plays a huge role in who we are. And uh, not that we do everything and just bow down to them, but when that's a priority, I think it I think it can help us to not lose our cool as much and to remain calm in situations when we are raising them. And I don't know if you know what I mean, but what I'm talking about is, for instance, you talked about that kid in the supermarket and his dad just remained calm. When you are in a hurry to get somewhere else, when you are worried what everybody else around thinks of you, but not really what you think as a parent and what you believe in, then you behave in a much different way. And it happened to me on this ship today. My son was just laughing uncontrollably. He was tired and he gets into these phases. He doesn't get angry. He starts laughing uncontrollably at nothing. And I could see him getting, I could see the people, the German people on the ship who we were on this boat, this cruise, not a cruise actually, like just a ferry taking us around Koblenz and showing us stuff. And these guys were getting annoying. In fact, in Germany he said, you see, he actually was quite rude to my son, like to his wife, what he said. And he affected me. And I started getting more annoyed with my son because of this person. And yes, I must care about what people think. And I don't want my kids, like you said, we've talked about this before. Naturally, you don't want, and Jordan Peterson talks about it, we don't want our kids to be a pain in the ass to other people. But there's also a time when a three, three and a half year old boy is tired, has had a whole day out in the sun and done these things and is just laughing. And instead of me going, you know, this is my son who I love. I want to teach him how to respect other people. Um, I'm going to teach him in a way that helps him, that also doesn't hurt him. I, I got annoyed with him. Like, I'll be honest with him, with you. I was uh -huh. I was not, I was annoyed. This guy made me realize like he was annoying other people. And their pressure then made me lose my cool. Now, I didn't lose it completely because that would also have been embarrassing and stupid, but I lost it enough to ruin my own peace and ruin the last 10 minutes of that ferry instead of taking on my lap and going, hey man, you know. And, and, and that's what I mean by priorities, that he was the priority in that situation, not this yeah. other guy, not how tired I was, not how I looked in front of other people, and not that I wanted to get off the ferry and get in the car and get back to the podcast with you. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and well, that's well, what I mean. <laughs> 100%. I mean, so let me give you two really cool examples that I experienced, and that was the, the note that I sent you, was mm. this is the stuff that we need to talk about. So, yeah, And we're getting to it two, now. <laughs> the, these are two situations that I would call I mean, in the moment, a master class in parenting. So one, I have no no sense of the background. We were at Costco. We were just pulling in. We were unloading the kids and putting them in the cart and everything. And we saw this dad walk out with this little kid who, who was maybe, oh, I don't even know, like three maybe. 
and he, he had his son kind of over his shoulder and he was taking him out of the out of the store and his kid was just melting down at like epic meltdown and he he walked to his car and he put his kid down by the car he was safe where he was and the dad just kind of sat there didn't even have his arms crossed he was just going get it out of your system and the kid was just losing it, screaming, wailing, stomping up and down, <laughs> laying on the ground, rolling around, you know, full-blown tantrum, 10 out of 10. And the dad, he wasn't laughing. He was just waiting it out. And, you know, th- this is probably, you know, my, my daughter is getting into tantrums. So I think this is learned behavior both for the parent and for the kid. But I just, my both my wife and I looked at that and went, dude's on point because, you know, kids have tantrums. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not great. It's super uncomfortable. And to your point, you're worried about most of the time we're worried about what everyone else is thinking Mm. or we're worried about, I got 12 other things to get done and Mm -hmm. this is an inconvenience, but you could definitely tell. And again, I have no, I have no sense of who this guy is and what his backstory was, but he was so present. He was like, this is what my son is going through. I'll wait it out. There's not going to be the other end of this thing. And he just, he didn't look annoyed. He wasn't checking his watch. He wasn't looking around to see who was listening. He was just letting his son go through the motions and getting this out of his system. And we left. He was still going. So I don't know how it ended. <laughs> but but you know what? I really appreciated that because one, I mean, I liked though that he just he separated his son from the rest of the people. He took him out of this out of the place. And he was just there. And anyway, I just I'm probably editorializing something that may not have existed, but that's what I saw. As mm-hmm. a parent, I saw another parent who was totally in control. But I would, I'd like to give another kind of fun story. Um, I don't know if he listens uh, to the podcast. I kind of hope he does. But do you remember on the first time we spoke, I spoke to you about a guy at jujitsu who, my son's jujitsu, who yeah. who shared with me some of the concerns he had with his son and, and um, how he was stepping up in his son's life and everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he and I always chat and both our kids are monkeys. Um, and we were there, this was probably a week or so ago, whenever I sent you that message, it was the same day. So it would have been a Sunday morning. And um, you could tell his son wasn't having it. You could hear the the teacher, I don't even know his son's name, doesn't matter, was like, oi, off to the side, time out, time out, dude, you got to settle down, you got to settle down. And he was really not having a good day. And eventually, about halfway through the class, that the instructor, who's just an, an awesome dude, came out with with his with this boy and, and went to his dad and said, it's just not his day, man, you know, um, he's huge distraction of the class he's not getting anything out of this i'm gonna have to ask him to, to leave this class but he said you know what it happens he gave the kid like a little you know fist bump and he said you're still a good dude um but just not your day and that was really really well handled by the teacher but also the dad who who could have been super frustrated who i've seen in the past gets frustrated like it used to be where his son you'd hear his name you're like oh there he goes he's off again and blah, blah. he just he brought his son over sat him down in the kind of like little lounge area for the parents Sat him on his lap, said, hey, what are you going to do, buddy? You know, no big deal. Uh, had a little bit of a laugh. They kind of had a bit of a, uh, you know, a, a father-son moment. And uh, he said, why don't we just go home and, and, you know, call it a day and we'll try to get another day. And they walked away and they were smiling and laughing. And I just thought, man, that was so cool. You know, I don't even know if I would have been like that. I probably would have lost it with my kid. Like, what do you mean? Why can't you just behave and blah, blah, blah. But this guy was just so good with his son and he turned this potential, potentially really uncomfortable moment into something that was really awesome. And um, it was just really, really cool to see. And I thought that that's going to stick with me is, is him just being there for his kid. And there was no value in giving his kid a hard time. And anyway, I just thought that that was really awesome. And those were examples to me of men, particularly dads in this situation, whose priorities were straight, really straight. Mm -hmm. This is what's important. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just respond in a cool and calm manner. Because in both of those situations, it could have gone really badly. Anyway, Mm -hmm. those were just two really awesome examples to me that I thought were worth sharing because they were they were super master classes and how to be a dad in a tough situation. Well, like when you wrote that message to me, or sent that voice message to me about the sub- subject, I like jumped on it, as you saw, because <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. this is very pertinent to me right now. And it's something that I'm not the best at and something that I do want to be the I want to be better at because I think it's such a huge, uh, plays such a huge part in the satisfaction of our life and our relationship with these kids. And, and that's just on a selfish level, you know, basically, 
you know, having these conflicts with our children that we then react to these eight-year-olds or whatever age they may be, it just sows such like a conflict and, and misery into your life when you're actually reacting on these things. And when you can react like those two guys you mentioned, it just, I think it creates a safe place for our kids and a trust in our kids and a, and a feeling like my dad can handle this and my dad's strong and he doesn't just go off. And, and I must say, like, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I don't do this very well, very often. And I think it's because I don't remember my priority in that moment. So one of the times that I have this quite often is before I go to work. So now I work about sometimes an hour, depends what the traffic is um, like. I work quite far away and sometimes I, I want to get to work at a certain time or beat the traffic or I've got to pick someone up and that becomes the priority. The priority becomes that I need to get to work on time. And yes, it's important. And I think I need to keep that in mind. But is there a reason now to lose my shit, to get angry with basically really small things, or even if my child is in a bad mood, to then react on that as a, as a, as a grown man, to not keep in mind that my priority is my children. And my priority is helping them have a good day. You know, I'm old enough to reflect on myself and go, okay, well, Tom, you're in a bad mood. Like, get yourself right, do a bit of breathing, whatever. But these kids, when we start them off in that way and start their day off in that way, then sending them to school in that state of mind or starting that day where dad's angry with me. And I'm not saying that they can't see that you're angry sometimes because I think they can tell, okay, well, he's not that happy with me. But reacting in those moments is definitely a result of, as you say, it's not having these these priorities set in, you know, like locked in, as in, you know, you watch Top Gun, you know, and it's on lock, you know, you've got this locked in, that's my priority. My priority is my daughter, my priority is my son, my priority is getting them to school, getting them to have a, have a good day, getting them to know that their dad loves them from, from the morning. And I'm not talking about um, these lawnmower parents or parents that like are helicopter parents. I'm talking about just understanding that. What's a lawnmower parent? A lawnmower parent is like these, they, or there's another name for them, which I think is this this bulldozer parents that basically like mow everything out the way of their children. So their children never come up against any oh, never like, heard that one. obstruction okay. or obstacle. And so when a teacher's upset with them, they like come in and they like remove the obstacle. They get a bad grade. Oh, they fly in and say like, so basically they're lawn mowing. They're mowing everything out the way or bulldozing everything out the way. So the kids oh, like don't it. develop any resilience. But it's exactly like you say, and I really want help with that. And my buddy Ben always says to me, you know, like, oh, you got this podcast about being a dad, but sometimes you don't do these things. And I was like, exactly, bro, because that's what the podcast is about for me. It's, it's why about, we it's, do it. It's, it's, it's why we do it. And we do it for the Nobody dads. Nobody wants to there. hear a podcast about perfect people pontificating yeah. on all the shit no, they get right. No. But it's 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 so pertinent and it, and it ruins my day, man. And it ruins my feeling of this relationship I sometimes have. And it breaks the work that I do sometimes. Because I'll be honest with you, sometimes I do well at this. Sometimes I really have a perspective. And when I'm intentional and I'm relaxed and I've done and I've taken care of myself and my relation with my significant other is right and I've done a bit of sports and I feel like I've prepared myself for the day and I'm aware as well this is another thing you probably are and you probably do is that I also do that stoic thing of that negative visualization where I'm like you know what this could go wrong this could happen what am I going to do and then I'm like, in, and then I'm waiting for it, and I expect it, and then and and then I remind myself, well, in that moment when she's doing that, realize it's it's not going to ruin your day. Rather, just take a breath, help help that person, and and be a better dad. And I think this is a huge point and a huge conversation, Joshua, because I think a lot of dads have this, and a lot of us are running up, running around like flipping headless chickens, um, or like a blue ass fly, where we're just going from this one to the next one, and we forget those moments when. That, that when we lose it, that we actually should just slow down and take some time for our kids and take some time for them to put on their shoes and take some time for them to put on their jackets, you know, or take some time for them not to be perfect and to to mess up our day a little bit. Because what are they really well, messing the, up? That messes up my exactly. day. Exactly. <laughs> it messes exactly. up my day, yeah. The cool thing about being present, not only when you're doing it well, but when you're doing it poorly mm. is, one, it allows you to reconnect with your vision. Like we talked about, like, is this moment in this moment hmm. how should i respond or how am i going to respond in such a way that it moves me towards my vision that's you know easy mm -hmm. uh, easier said than done but that's th the first thing but the cool thing about being present and doing this review of how did that engagement go so first of all i mean i can almost guarantee you i have a, a huge bank of memories of where i lost it and that just escalated the situation, you know, yeah. a little temper tantrum, dad gets angry, kid gets angrier, I get angrier, now everyone's screaming at each other. <laughs> and you know, right? So it's important mm -hmm. to remember those because those are lessons, right? It's this whole thing about mm, yeah. you know, failures only count if you don't learn from them. Cool. That was a bad moment in parenting. 
So what am I going to learn from it? I'm going to remember how uncomfortable that felt. But it's what's also going to be something that I can remember is when my wife swoops in and we have a great system of let, let me tap in mm. and she can come in and she's calm and mm. she can de-escalate a situation with her energy. And, and it's vice versa. I help her out on those as well, but she helps me out more often than I help her. <laughs> um, but those are the memories of, okay, so this was my scenario. When I reacted this way, it went badly. When someone reacted this way, it went well. Mm. I'm going to remember that and I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to think about it because getting angry wasn't in congruity with where I want to be. It didn't bring me closer to my vision. But when I was able to see someone act calmly and coolly, then everything went well in that particular situation. So when presented with that scenario again, the more you think about it, you can draw on it. Oh, this thing's happening again. <laughs> okay, I can do this or that. This went badly. This went well. Let's give this one a try. And you try it well. And so that's part of being present is is being able to capture those moments and reliving them. So you don't even, I mean, you and I don't have to come up with hypothetical situations on how we can screw up being a parent. We've got a memory bank, you know, that's, that's a mm -hmm. mile deep. We just draw on those. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you start to build up the bank of memories of how you did it well. And you draw on those. At least that's what I try to do. And, and sometimes that discussion or that inner monologue happens before a situation takes off, right? Oh, mm -hmm. this is how my son gets spun up. Like my wife and I have come miles around dinner time. We don't have the fights at dinner time nearly as often because we're learning from our past mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it's halfway through. There's been times where I'm in the middle of a rant and I go, no, you know what? Let's not do this. And, and let's take it a different approach. So I don't know. That's how I like to do it is use those experiences as, as an inventory of, things that went well and things that went poorly and try to do more things that went well mm. than then went poorly. I don't mm. know. It's... Well, I think also another factor is, as we've talked about on the podcast a lot, and if you go on the website with these seven arenas of life, it's kind of this thing of managing the outside stresses um, of your life and things that might cause you to already be in a state where you aren't as present as you talk about. And this presence, I think being present is definitely a calm state. When I picture presence, I don't picture someone who's running around, uh, you know, not knowing what's going on and distracted by everything in their life. It's definitely a calm state. And I think with these things that we're talking about of getting exercise, of meditating, of of having those relationships in your life, you know, when you go to work and you're having, you know, conflicts with your colleagues or you're having stressful relationships with them, it you come home and, the, and then that spills over. But if you're present and you know that, then then it's funny because you would think you are doing, you know, managing those relationships better because of the people of work and to make more money. But it's funny if you can actually see those as being a better parent, which is kind of strange, but it is, you know, when you manage your, your work life properly, then you come home, you're more relaxed, you, you're not as stressed. When you, when you work on the relationship with your spouse, as you say, you know, when, when things are going well with my wife, uh, then I'm a much patient, much more patient parent. I mean, go figure, but it is, you know, and when you work on these little aspects of your life, it helps you to be present and being present in all of those and helps you to be present as a father and be able to deal with your kids in a way. And I don't know, man, about you, but I think of legacy a lot in these things. And I think, oh, what legacy are you leaving? Are you leaving a legacy of, you know, if you're to die today, and I know it's extreme, but if you're to die today, you know, would your kids go, oh, my dad was a patient guy, you know, he listened to my problems. He was firm. He was fair. He showed me what was right. He showed me what was wrong, but he never lost his cool. And, and, and for you, I mean, for me, that is something I want to be remembered as, and I'm I'm falling so far short of that. And I don't want to put huge pressure on myself, but I, but I do want to achieve that, and I do want to form the rest of my life around this goal of and this vision, as you speak about this vision of becoming a present person, of becoming a present father who is able to do that. But that takes a lot of tweaking and alterations of different things in my life, and a lot of intention in in how I go to work how I conduct myself there, how I conduct myself in my relationship with my wife, how I conduct myself in front of my children, how I conduct myself on the road, how I talk to people, even on a podcast, you know, how that, how that happens all for me flows into then when I'm with my kids, being present, feeling satisfied with my life and not chasing after the wind because Joshua, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel like a lot of the other things in my life is chasing after the wind and is not feeding yeah, into man, what I'm really going to be satisfied with. I think you touched on it or you hit on it perfectly is look, I mean, we can do our best to navigate when we're in the moment, but you're, you're totally right. It's when everything else is humming, when everything else is in line. And that's for me, 
that's that's my like one it. of my highest <laughs> priorities is mm. fixing the rest of the stuff so that I'm not stressed out in the moment when I'm with my kid. Like you're right, it's having the whole house in order. Um, all the little mental tricks to get you out of a tough funk when you're trying to deal with your kids in the heat of the moment. Mm. That's great, but why not stop finding yourself in the heat of the moment <laughs> with all those other things? And, and I don't know, like for me, we've touched on this and, and it, it's fodder for a whole other conversation is the more that we have simplified our lives, mm. um, the easier it has become. The, the cutting the noise out, exactly. um, cutting all the, the, you're right, chasing the wind. It's stuff that we think we want that we don't mm. actually Isn't that want. weird, bro? It's so weird. Dude, it's, it's so <laughs> I don't know what so it is. weird. <laughs> Like even for me, like we've, we joked about this, like I still love, you know, Range Rover, but I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't actually want that. Why, why does my brain say I should have that? And I know part of it is fitting in and part of it, Mm. part of it is looking successful among our tribe and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But recognizing those things. And, and I always kind of joked about the people who said, oh, I just want to have a nice house sort of with some land and just live Mm -hmm. a nice, nice kind of quiet still fulfilled and still mm-hmm. productive life but without all the noise i used to kind of go you're just surrendering but i think i think they're mm. onto something mm-hmm. um and that's you're bang on and i'm not to not to pitch my own thing but that's why what i'm doing with this how with dare this lifestyle you evolution stop thing. saying I know. stop stop pushing your stuff on my show <laughs> <laughs> the, i was actually going to ask you to pitch it anyway i was going to ask you anyway well, i forgot thing, that actually that, that was I'm, one of the things i wanted to do at the beginning of the show <laughs> well the thing that i'm working on called the lifestyle evolution yeah. project um is essentially just me one documenting the progress I've made and, and helping people. We're we're sort of working with, we're looking to target. I say we because my wife's going to get involved with this as well, and and um, we want to work with families, um, you know, husbands and wives, mm. husbands and husbands, wives That's and wives. Cool. I don't That's care. Families, kids, people who are kind of in the same boat as us. Things mm. were good, but you know, a little stuck. So we're we're mm. going to be sharing some of our our journey around the progress we've made, you mm. know, physical, um, financial, just kind of squaring it away. But now we're also building our list of things we will be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And some of them are hobby related. Some of them are bigger and grander. And we're going to be sharing that journey. We're going to use this project as one, a bit of a self-accountability thing. We're just going to do it. We've talked about the same things over and over and over and over again for years um, since I've known her. And we just haven't done anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I kind of had this moment where I was terrified that I was going to look back on my life and just say, wow, that was all talk. Um, you and mm. I have a mutual friend who is very, very good at taking action and I'm, I'm learning from him. So that's what we're doing is we're just going to document it. It's going to be on YouTube and then we're going to put some podcasts and stuff out and have some fun with it. Um, and essentially that's it. We're, we're evolving mm. this lifestyle. Uh, it is a project. It's a work in progress and, and we're having fun with that. But if I can, a little shameless, I say that actually today is my um, seven year anniversary. Yes, I wanted to say. Um, so I wanted to absolutely wish my beautiful, wonderful wife, mm. Kate, um, a, a very happy anniversary. Um, we're running around all day doing errands and barely get to see each other. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're talking to me. What are you doing? <laughs> She's out running errands and I'm, I'm in between errands. So when we wrap this wow, up, dude. I'm back on the road again. But anyway, it's it's been fun and that's what we're working on. And, and But it's exactly like what you talked about. It, it really is being very intentional about moving our life towards the stuff that really, really matters. Mm. It's really cool. I was driving my son to a birthday party yesterday and I didn't sleep very well and I was exhausted. And I just said to him, I said, oh, we got to stop because I need a coffee. And he said, you don't need a coffee. You want a coffee. Mm. And it's okay that you have a coffee, but you don't want a coffee. This is for my five-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. But he's totally right. And how many things in life do we identify as needs mm. um, as opposed to, or, or wants, pardon me, as opposed to needs and... and um, it was just a really great way. And so anyway, that that's what we're doing is, is this mm. project is just part of really going after what we want our life to look like. And I anticipate probably reasonably in the next sort of 24 months, our life is going to look very, very different. And, and I'm super excited about that. Mm. Well, I mean, you touched on it there. I think the needs and wants thing is, is, is exactly what I'm talking about. So what you're doing in that project that you guys are trying to start is that is that life is too complicated. And I think that when we mistake those wants for needs and go after those things, then we end up 
dissatisfied and a lot of us think that we have to achieve a b and c to be satisfied and, and i think it's relatively simple actually and like i said i've been reflecting on these things and i think it has something to do with us losing our temper and all these things because at the at the root of it and and this is what it's about you know the symptoms are one thing but like what is at the root of our dissatisfaction or what is at the root of those angry emotions that come from that now there's obviously things of childhood and there's different things that lead us to be like that you know whole life experience but i think a lot of it is, is chasing after the wrong things and trying to fill holes in ourselves with the completely wrong shape things you know and i think when i when i look at my my life and i sit down like so for instance i didn't sit down but this weekend i was just walking and i just was thinking why am i doing half the things i'm doing and why do i feel like you said like we said it's crazy it's weird like why why am I doing things that aren't fulfilling me? They feel nice in the moment and, they f and, and maybe they don't even feel nice in the moment, but I feel I should be doing them. I feel I should be A, B, C, D. And when I actually take stock and spend time with my family and put the energy into my wife and the energy into my kids, I, I never feel better. I don't feel better than that. I don't feel better about myself now. When I fix something around the house and you know, my wife's asked me to do that or whatever, and I, I don't feel better than that. There's nothing that makes me feel that, that contentment. And I can chase after anything, including this podcast and what I'm trying to do here. Um, but I'm quite excited about this because I'm like like you. It's just sharing your journey as a dad and hoping you get some guys to join with you and and discuss these things. And and yes, I do hope that I progress on this, that I become a little bit more wise and aware and and intentional myself, so that I can lead other dads to also ask these questions, like I'm asking myself. Because there's so many guys that are chasing after all these other things. And when you look back and you know, Joshua, you're talking about that vision. I know that when I'm 70, I'm gonna look at it and go, what did I do? Like. Did I did I spend that time with my children? Did I did I raise them? Did I fulfill myself? And this is the funny thing that I spoke. And sorry if I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but with Isaac Tolpin last week, is that thing of going after with things we think we want, and going after things that we think make ourselves feel better. And when it comes to sacrifice and laying out down our lives a little bit for our kids, and maybe not watching the TV and reading that last book and driving that child there, or fixing that thing for your wife, or spending that hard conversation with your wife instead of ignoring it, it feels uncomfortable in the moment. But in the bigger picture, those are the things that build you. Those are the things that give you worth. Those are the things that actually fulfill you. Whereas going, taking the easy route and doing the easy thing and eating that chocolate every day and you know, running out of the room that with without reading a book or just reading one page and quickly putting him to bed so you can go watch Netflix. None of those things that feel good in the moment really feel good in the long term. And I'm not saying that obviously the things with our kids don't always feel bad. This sounds bad, but obviously doing the things with our kids, we have those moments that are just beautiful. And I sat on the balcony here with my my little eight-month-old daughter on the balcony looking over the, the mountain here. And I was just was like, I was in heaven. And often I look at my little son like last night and I'm also in heaven. But there's a lot of things that I do that I think are great in the moment and think it's such a lot of fun. And in the end, I'm going, this is sacrificing time I could be investing in my family. I don't know if you agree with that. It's a bit of a rant, I know. No, I, I do. <laughs> and uh, maybe a serendipitous wrap-up is going to be my son just poked his head up in here. And he mm. said, Dad, I'm hungry. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> eat. And yeah. he's right. He does. He does mm -hmm. need to eat. But you're totally right, my friend. And 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 that's where we're just going to keep working on this, right? And and mm. overhauling, overhauling everything, and um, mm. just chip, keep chipping away at those things that matter. Because in the end, life should not not be easy. That's the wrong word. Mm -hmm. Because life's always going to have difficult things, and there's always things that need to get done that are unpleasant. Mm -hmm. But what I mean is, it's not going to be a struggle. It's not going to be a fight. Um, and. Uh, well, yeah. We just got to cancel out the noise, man. Exactly. That's what, exactly what I was going to say is that it needs to be simpler, you know, and I think that that's what the world is telling us. You know, you need to have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, whatever. You've got to have so many things and so many things going on and you've got to hang out with this crowd and you've got to be popular and you've got to, you know, do sports and this. And, and sometimes the self-help and all these things, you know, I, I get it. I'm not dissing it. I'm not saying that it's wrong, but I think sometimes we get this feeling like we've got to like overachieve in life and we stop, we stop to realize, hang on. Just by being a good husband and a good father, I have succeeded in a way that most men never will, no matter how many millions they make, no matter how their six-pack looks, no matter how many quarter, you know, Super Bowls they've won, um, NFL championships. It, you know what I'm saying? It's like this, uh -huh. this simple thing. And it's like Ryan Gosling asking it at, in um, The Notebook. There we go again, The Notebook. Where he says to her, he says, what do you want? And he's holding his face. He's like, what do you want? And he's like, what do you want? And I say that to dads out there. What do you want, man? 
What do you want from your life? What do you want to look back on? And what do you want to see yourself as? What legacy do you want? And what do you really, really want? And what are your really your priorities? And I know we talked about wants and needs, but it's also about aligning our wants with our needs and going, I want what I need. And what I need is to be a great father and a great husband because that's fulfilling and a good man. And that's what we need to do. We need to start wanting those things. So well, there was a whole lot of stuff I had written down. Now, isn't that ironic? I finally make a lot of notes and I use none of them. <laughs> and, and, and you and I go on as we usually do. But I really hope that guys have got something from this. And if it's just that message of like, hey, get your priorities right because it helps you to remain calm and to, like Joshua said, to remain present in the moment and realize my priority is raising my kid. My priority isn't myself, my feelings and how tired I am. The priority is, no, get over that shit. Priority is this child. No, I'm not going to lose my shit because this guy's watching or I've got to be somewhere else. To be present and go, what is my priority? My priority is to make this moment a memory where my child can go, wow, my dad. I remember like losing it in the shop and my dad just stayed calm and he picked me up. And yes, I was screaming, he put me down and Letty hugged me and he had a chat with me. But that's what, that's what, I don't know about you, Joshua, but that's how I want to be remembered. And I hope we can in this journey continue to do this and you can help me and we can help each other to, to move closer to that, that legacy that we leave. 100% man I'm excited for it I've, I've never been more excited in my life to mm. to make these changes and to, and to chase after those things that I'm going to have yeah and I mean this wasn't the perfect podcast and we're far from that but I think it was from the heart and I think it was cool and all the best for your projects and uh, yeah thanks for coming on the show again man <laughs> my pleasure we'll keep doing it until everyone gets sick of me <laughs> And then we'll keep doing it some and more. And then we'll just do it more just so we... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, yes, thank you for everyone for listening again. We've on number 18 here. I'm really stoked with the guests that I've had so far. And I really say thank you to all those men that have uh, given me their time. And Joshua, thanks to you as well for the time and effort you've put into this. Um, also, again, shout out to our sponsor. Thank you, notebook.de. Check us out on, on the web. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook. And get in touch with me if you want. We also do our Divorce Dad podcast. It's a very big thing for me to help divorce dads and just shed a bit more light on dads getting 50-50 and how important that is for kids. But yes, thanks everybody. And remember that all the time, energy and hard work that you put being into the man your family need and deserve is always going to be worth it. So be relentless. Mm-hmm.